Hello, and welcome to Wicked Wednesdays, your weekly podcast on sex and sexuality, with an emphasis on BDSM kink and poly relationships. I'm your host, Wicked Fellow, and I'm very glad to be back. For those of you not in the loop, I came down with COVID a couple weeks ago, because it was three weeks ago now, and really hit me very hard. It's not an illness to mess around with, and I encourage all of you to get vaxxed and boosted and do everything you can to protect your health. Social distance, wear masks where appropriate, try to avoid large gatherings where I picked this up. I um, was down for a couple weeks, took another week to recover because my voice is still, as you can probably hear now, my voice is still a bit raspy. Um, Last week I was in and out of having voice, depending on how much I talk. Today's episode will probably be a bit short, depending on how much I can get through without going into a coughing fit. But it has been a very long time, over a month since I had an episode out, and I really wanted to get back on the horse and get back in here and give you guys an episode, at least an update. I wasn't able to do a lot while I was sick. It was definitely a period of being in bed, taking a lot of cold medicine, drifting in and out of consciousness... Last week, I was able to do some of the things I wanted to do for a while, including I started doing updates to the Patreon page. I know you guys have been very, very patient with me, and I appreciate that. I've started doing a weekly update, and that update includes some music suggestions, podcast suggestions, some movies to watch, a general update on how things are going with the studio, what I'm up to, a teaser on what the next episode is going to be. And that's a feature that I want to bring out at the end of every week, just to give you guys a little extra something. We're still planning some more bonuses and perks for the tiers of the Patreon. If you would like to become a Patreon member, head over to wickedfellow.com. You can find all of our sites there. You can find our Patreon page. You can find the YouTube and all of our adult sites as well. But yeah, the journal will be open to all patrons, and they'll probably be staged throughout at higher Patreon levels, different perks. Still working on that, still trying to figure out what Patreon is, how to function well on that platform. For those of you that can give a dollar or two, I really appreciate it. And it was very helpful to me to have at least a tiny bit of income coming in while I couldn't do anything else for a couple weeks. So you guys are absolute heroes. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sticking with me. And I'm glad to be back here putting the content out that you guys help support. So, as I've teased a couple times, this episode is how to be a dominant without being an asshole. And this goes into my general dom philosophy, but also my philosophy as a man, as a person in society that interacts with other people, and as a naturally dominant person. I want to get into when you're a very dominant, very assertive, very self-assured person, The effect you can have on the people around you, you may not be aware of. I know that not every person out there can be categorized as just an asshole. However, you'll find that asshole and dominant tend to go together. We tend to associate those personality traits with some unfortunate personality traits. So I want to give some advice. I want to give some experiences that I've had. And just talk about the phenomenon of being dominant, being self-assured, self-confident, and not making everyone around you feel lesser than you somehow. So we'll start with some very kink-related things and then move on to general life tips. In the kink and BDSM scene, if you're a dominant, if you're a dominant personality, if you have those traits, if you feel dominant, actions always speak louder than words. 
If you have to tell somebody you're dominant, you're probably not. If you have to try and assert your dominance, you're probably not very dominant. Dominant is as dominant does, and being a dominant person does not mean that you have to go into every room, take control of that room, be the center of attention, and press down the people around you or take up so much space that the people around you can't breathe. And this can be a very unconscious thing. It can be something that you don't really realize. And unless you're very attuned to the people around you, oftentimes a more submissive person won't speak up and say, hey, you know, you're stepping on me. You're not letting me speak. You're putting your ideas forward as the only way. Now, I know that in kink and BDSM, being a dominant is not a bad thing. Submissive people are drawn to dominant people. They want that dominant person in their life. However, it's a choice. It's by consent. And you never get to assert your dominance over somebody unless they've invited you to. And this is where I think there's a bit of a miscommunication and a disconnect with some dominants, especially dominants that are new to the scene and submissives. And that is, and I hear this so frequently, I cannot keep track of, something that really rubs submissives the wrong way is when you walk into a situation, you don't know this person, and you immediately try to establish your dominance over them, as if you were already in a dominant-submissive relationship. And that can be from the initial text messages that you send, the first date, the beginnings of a BDSM relationship. Coming on too strong is almost always going to have you falling flat on your face. If you're a dominant person, you don't need to prove that to the submissive. They will feel it. They will know. They will sense that about you without you forcing your dominance on them, without you being overly assertive and overly demanding and overly dominant to them before you've initiated that relationship. Now, of course, in an established BDSM relationship, in an established dominant-submissive relationship, that very self-assured, commanding nature is welcome. It is wanted by the submissive, if that's your relationship. But when you've just met somebody, you don't have permission. You don't have license to order them around. You don't have permission to be dominant over them in a way that makes them feel uncomfortable. And like I said, I cannot tell you the number of times that submissives will write to me and they'll say, I just started speaking with this dominant and they're already giving me commands and they're already expecting me to follow their rules. And we haven't even had a date yet. We haven't even talked about consensual domination and submission. And they're immediately right out of the gate acting as though they're my dominant. And I've mentioned this before. I think that some dominants have this misguided idea that if they're going to be respected by a submissive, they have to come out of the gate super dominant. They have to order them around and call them degrading names and be very forceful with them from the first text message. And the first message they'll send will be, how are you going to serve me? Demanding to be called a title. You will call me master. You will call me sir, etc. And that has a place. But that place is in a relationship where the submissive has consented and has gifted you their submission. They've made it clear to you that they want to play this game, that they want to be dominated by you. If you don't have that permission, you're being an asshole. And I can say that a couple times in my life, 
I've met submissives who were not attracted to my style of domination because I didn't come on strong in the beginning. And I'm okay with that. I really am. I would much rather be myself, ease into a situation, not try to force my dominance on somebody, and potentially lose a relationship with someone that feels like a dominant has to come on strong from the very beginning. Because we wouldn't work well together in a relationship. So if you're a submissive and you do want that person to come on strong and be very assertive with you from day one, you kind of have a responsibility to express that to them early, very early. Because I can tell you the norm is that submissives love to submit to a dominant person, but they never want it to be assumed. They never want it to be... I haven't given you permission yet, and you're already trying to dominate me. The vast majority of the subs I know do not like that behavior. They feel like that's very bad manners, and it's not a good start to a relationship. So for me, it's always better to ramp things up. Being polite is not being submissive. You can be very dominant, very self-assured, completely sure of yourself, have 100% confidence in yourself, and still be very polite. There's no contradiction there. You can be polite and very dominant. Because if you're a dominant person, it's going to come across. You can't hide it. I don't think I could present myself as a submissive person, no matter how polite I'm choosing to be. And that's a big part of being a dominant, is I'm showing you that I'm comfortable. I'm showing you that I'm secure in myself. I don't have to demand your attention. I don't have to demand your submission. I'm not going to force my domination on you. I'm going to be me. And if you like what you see, if you like the interaction we're having, and you want to engage with me as a submissive, I welcome that. But even then, when someone writes me and they say, you know, I'm a submissive person and I really like you and I'm interested in a relationship with you, that's not permission for me to assume dominance over them. That's permission for me to talk to them and say, okay, what kind of submissive relationship are you looking for? What are your goals? What would you like to achieve in this relationship? What are your hopes and dreams of this kind of relationship? And we have a discussion. I don't immediately write back with, you will do this. You will call me sir. You will follow these rules. You will show up at this place at this time. That can be very hot. That can be very exciting. That can be very thrilling. Once the relationship has been established, once you have permission to be dominant like that, if you don't have permission to be dominant like that, you're just being an asshole. According to me, that's my philosophy on how to be a good dom. I think that this parallels real life, you know, not playing BDSM, not playing DS. I think we've all met that person who has to show you how tough they are. They have to show you that they're dominant. They have to show you that they're the alpha dog in the room. And nobody likes that. Nobody thinks that's cool. Nobody thinks that that's the way to be. That person is trying too hard. That person is probably very insecure. The people that are tough, the people that are the baddest person in the room, the people that are the alpha dog, don't need to walk around and make sure that everybody else knows. They know, and they project that power. And they project that power and that self-confidence and that self-assurance, that security they have in themselves. They project that without a word. 
They don't have to wear a t-shirt that says, I'm the baddest. They know. They have self-confidence. They don't have to project that to everybody around them. So that's the more conscious side of things. On the unconscious side of this, and this is something that I've absolutely been guilty of, because I'm very dominant, because I'm very self-assured, because it's very easy for me to make decisions. When I'm in a group setting and I'm not in charge, it's very easy for me to start taking charge in a very subtle way, in a very me not trying to seize control of the situation, but I've got a very forceful personality. I've got a very forceful nature. And if I don't rein that in, it affects the people around me in a negative way. If we're trying to decide where to go out to eat, it's very easy for me to say, we should go to this steakhouse over here. I like this place. Oh, we should go to this place. And when you make a statement like that as a dominant person, and you're dealing with people that are less dominant or submissive, it can be very hard for them to speak up and say, well, actually I was hoping to go to this Japanese restaurant that I heard about because their social conditioning has made it difficult for them when someone's made a very assertive, bold statement and said, I want to do this. They feel like they can't raise their hand. They feel like they can't say, well, I would like to do this. So as a very dominant person, as someone that is very secure, instead of saying, I want to go to this steakhouse, ask them. It doesn't cost you anything to ask the people around you to step back from that dominant role, to step back from that very assertive role. But you have to be conscious about it. You have to know, well, I know where I want to eat, but the other two people that I'm with seem to be indecisive. So I want to get their input. And in order to be a good leader, in order to be the dominant, self-assured person that I am, I need to ask them what they want. Because if I don't ask them, it's very likely they won't tell me. And if I tell them we're going to go to the steakhouse, whether they want to or not, they're probably going to go along with it. So it is incumbent upon you as a dominant person, as someone that's very self-assured, to ask the people around you to step back. To realize that you do have kind of a superpower. You have the ability to make quick decisions and you're very sure of them and it doesn't take you a long time and you don't really need anybody else's input on that. That's a good thing and it's great for you and it makes it easier for you to navigate your life. But when you're with people that are less dominant or people that are submissive, it can really press them down. It can make them feel like they don't have a say. Now, this is not just being a guy, though this is a very guy thing. And you'll often hear women say, you know, whenever I'm in a meeting with a bunch of guys, I feel like I don't get heard. I feel like no one asks my opinion. I feel like I'm just invisible. And if I suggest something, it's ignored. But if a guy suggests it, it's a great idea. That is all part of this. That's all part of this milieu. And it's part of learning how to get along with people and be agreeable and be a team player when you're not necessarily in charge. But even if you are in charge, if you're the boss, if you're the leader, asking what your subordinates want will make you a better leader. You don't always have to do what they want, but engage them. I can tell you this as I've been in a bunch of leadership roles where I was the designated leader. It always served the group if I asked questions, if I took my subordinates' opinions and thoughts and ideas 
and tried to work with those and didn't automatically assume that I knew what was best and that I knew where we were going and that I was going to be the leader. You can lead that way. You can do it. But that makes you the boss. It doesn't necessarily make you the leader. And there is a difference. The boss has the authority. The boss can tell you what to do. The boss can fire you if you don't do what they say to do. The boss is the boss. But there's a difference between being a boss and being a leader. I'm trying to encourage you to be a leader, not just a boss. So whether it's being a dominant in a dominant submissive relationship or navigating the world as a dominant person. The dominant person, the secure person, the person that has genuine security and self-assurance can take a back seat. They don't always have to be in charge. They don't always have to be my way or the highway. They can sit back and say, well, yeah, I would like to go to that steakhouse. However, this person would like to go to the Japanese place and I like Japanese food. So let's go where they want to go. It doesn't make me less dominant. It doesn't make me a pushover. It doesn't make me something lesser than I am to let somebody else have what they want. You know, that's a life lesson that will serve you very well as a dominant person. And understanding that humility, understanding that it shouldn't always be your way, understanding that other people have good ideas and you have to listen to them. Other people may not always tell you their ideas. Sometimes you have to kind of coax it out of them. A lot of my approach in life is identical to my approach as a dom. You know, I have that 100% control over my submissives. They have given me that. They have gifted me their submission. And if I say, this is what we're doing, they will obey and they will obey gladly. But because I'm the boss, because I'm the leader, because I'm the one in charge... It's very easy for me to superimpose what I want to do over everything. So I have to sit down. When I sit down with Katya, and it's after dinner, we want to watch something on TV, Katya is perfectly happy to watch whatever I want to watch. You know, I could say, we're going to watch this. Katya is perfectly happy to do that. However, unless I ask her, hey, is there something you would like to watch? She's not likely to tell me because she likes to do what I want to do. That makes her happy. It's not an unhealthy relationship. She's not afraid to tell me. She's not afraid that if she says she wants to watch a different show that I'm going to become angry with her. But her natural setting is I will default to my sir. I will default to what my sir wants to do. And I want a relationship where she has freedom, where she has the ability to suggest a show or to suggest a fun outing she wants to do, etc. As the Dom, I have to allow that. I have to give that permission. I have to encourage her to tell me those things. And that can be a show she wants to watch, an activity she wants to do, how she's feeling about the relationship, things she's worried about. A good leader will encourage their subordinates, will encourage their submissives by asking those questions, by making that space, by giving that permission not just charging ahead full speed all the time, my way or the highway, and I don't want to hear what you have to say about it. That can lead to a very unhealthy dom-sub relationship. And again, I see a lot of parallels between a healthy dom-sub relationship and a healthy relationship between a dominant person and everybody around them. If you're a dominant person and you're hanging out with another secure dominant person, you can have a bit more liberty. You can be a bit more free. You can say, I want to go to the steakhouse. 
knowing that the person you're with, if they want to go to the Japanese place, will tell you, no, I want to go to the Japanese place. We went to the steakhouse last week. You understand how that dynamic works. You understand that they're comfortable talking back to you. They're comfortable giving you a hard time. They're comfortable standing up for themselves. And you don't have to worry so much about pressing them down. They're going to tell you what they want. And that's fine. As a dominant person, you get a sense about the people around you, just like submissive people get a sense about the people around them. And you can tell, you know, the person that I'm with is much more submissive than I am. The group of people that I'm with tend to be more submissive. I am probably the most dominant person here. And if that's the case, I need to make sure that I'm not stepping on the people around me. I need to make sure that I'm being polite and that I'm making suggestions and asking questions because I'm a dominant person. It's your responsibility. You can choose not to do this. If you're a dominant person, you can choose to just go ahead and be yourself and always be dominant and people can take it or leave it. And that's fine. You know, I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm giving you advice from what I've learned. And what I've learned is if you act like that, most people will not like you. They will think that you're a jerk. They'll think you're an asshole. They'll think that you're full of yourself. And it's kind of because you are. You know, I'm not saying don't be yourself. I'm encouraging you that you don't always have to assert that dominance for everybody around you to know that you're a dominant person. They will know. They will feel it. And they'll have a lot more respect for the dominant person that says, hey, where would you like to go eat? It's just being polite. That's just being courteous. And it's coming from a place of, I'm choosing to be courteous. If anything, it enhances your dominant characteristics. It's one thing if I ask somebody, where would you like to eat? Because I know that if I wanted to, I could be very forceful and say, this is where we're going to go. And we're doing this thing right now. Right? That restraint, that checking of your own power is a power move in and of itself. It's saying to everybody around you, I'm secure, I know what I want, I know who I am, and yet I'm still choosing to give you the option. That's a power move, but it's a power move in a polite and courteous way. It's not the power move of, I'm gonna stick my chest out and I'm gonna make sure that you know who I am and I'm going to be the biggest person in the room and I'm gonna be the loudest person and I'm gonna to try to dominate everybody around me. It's a very different approach to being a dominant. So that's in a real world setting. That's in a setting outside of the BDSM DS play space. In the DS play space, in the BDSM setting, with someone that has gifted you their submission, they may want you to be very dominant. They may want you to be very commanding. They may want you to order them around. And that's perfectly fine and perfectly healthy. Not saying that you need to ask your subs permission for every little thing that may not be very fulfilling to them. Again, some relationships, there may be a lot of back and forth. There may be a lot of individual permission seeking, and that's fine and healthy if that's what you both want. But in the very typical dom-sub relationship, once the sub has given permission, once the sub has given consent to be dominated, they like to be dominated. You still need to be able to turn it off in non-DS situations. You still need to understand in a DS scene, are you going too far and have you lost 
sight of the needs of your submissive. Are you just going full bore and not paying them any attention and not having any thought to their well-being and what's going on with them in your quest for hyper-dominance to show them who's boss, to show them who's in control? You got to keep an eye on the ball. You have to be able to judge how your actions are affecting your sub. If you say something very commanding and you see that that's exciting to them, awesome. If you say something commanding and you see them not responding well to it, you got to figure out why. You're supposed to be in charge, so you need to take responsibility and figure out why the way that you're acting with your sub is not working, why it's not effective for them, why it's not the kind of domination that they're seeking, because this is a balance. Just like I've told submissives, it doesn't mean that you need to become a different person and do things you don't want to do and act ways you don't want to act. It's possible that your sub wants you to act in ways that aren't comfortable to you. And if that's so, you can have that conversation and it can be erring on the super dominant side or they want you to be very submissive and that's not who you are. It really depends. You may be having a conversation with them and they're like, no, I want you to come much harder. I want you to be much more forceful with me. I want you to be very cruel to me and very mean to me and very domineering to me. And that's not your style of domination. And you need to be able to tell them, you know, look, the way that I am being dominant with you is what I'm comfortable with. I don't like being degrading. I don't like doing the things that you want me to do. So I don't think this is going to work out. The same is true if they want you to be a much more submissive or a much more passive dom than the way you want to play. You can have that healthy conversation and you can say, I understand, you know, you don't like it when I'm very commanding with you, but that's the kind of BDSM I want to play. I like being commanding. I like being domineering. I like doing degradation play and you don't like that. And that's fine, but that means that there's a mismatch between us. So I'm not saying be somebody you're not. I'm not saying that... A hyper-dominant person has to pretend to be submissive, or that a more submissive-ish dom has to be super aggressive. I don't want you to be something you're not. But even when you're acting as yourself, when you're in your comfort zone, when you're playing the game you want to play, you have to pay attention to your partner. You have to see how your actions affect them. It's not always going to be a one-to-one -one ratio. Last week, you started with some spanking, and then you did some light caning, and then you did some flogging, and then there was a fun, sexy scene. And they loved it. They thought it was so much fun. So this week, you start doing the same thing, and they're not into it. That's because they're a living, breathing human being. And they're not going to respond to the same stimulus the same way every time. You need to be adaptable. You need to understand. And you need to be focused on your submissive, on your partner. Otherwise, you're not going to be an effective dom. You're not going to be a good dom. You're going to be a dominant, but you're not going to be a good dom. These are the exact same skill sets that I'm trying to apply to being a dominant in a DS situation and being a dominant person with a group of friends. You have to see how your actions are affecting the people around you. If you're being dominant and they're not responding well to it, it's on you. If you have any care in the world about what they think. I know it's very popular for doms to say, you know, I am who I am and I don't care what anybody else in the world thinks about me. Okay, you can be that way, but you're probably gonna be alone. You're probably gonna be very isolated. 
because that person, the person that genuinely doesn't care what any of the people around them think, is not pleasant to be around. There's a very fine line between being confident, self-assured, having good self-discipline and self-control, being very secure in who you are, and you can tiptoe right across the line into being an asshole. In my day-to-day -day life, I'm only responsible to a couple people. You know, I'm responsible to my subs. I care what they think about me as a person. I don't want to let them down. I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want them to think less of me. Everybody else in the world, I really don't care what they think about me. It doesn't bother me when I get criticism from people online. It doesn't bother me when people look down on our lifestyle. It doesn't bother me when people think that we're crazy and sick and twisted. That's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. When I interact with people that are friends of mine, when I interact with people that I like and care about, there's this very difficult line to walk. There's a spectrum here, I think. Because yes, if you're the kind of person that genuinely doesn't care what anybody around you thinks, and you'll say the mean thing and the thing that hurts somebody's feelings, you'll be too forceful, you'll be very domineering in a setting where being domineering is not appropriate, you can go that route. You can be that person. But it's very hard to like that person. It's very hard to want to be around that person. And I know this from people I've been around that act like that. And I know that unless I check myself, unless I keep a very tight control on how I act when I'm around other people, I can be that person. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be the kind of person that people avoid because he's an asshole. I want to have the respect of my peers. I want to have the respect of my friends. I enjoy being around them. I do expect them to accept me for who I am and not judge me for being kinky or not judge me for being who I am. But if I act in a way that makes them feel bad, that makes them feel uncomfortable, that makes them feel like whenever they're around me, they get pushed down, that's on me. That's my fault. That's not just me being who I am. That's me not caring about them at a fundamental human level. Now, I've had friends that found out what I did for a living and they didn't want to be with me anymore. They didn't want to hang around with me anymore. And I don't care. That's the kind of not caring that I'm talking about. But when it comes to I'm out with a group of friends and I'm acting in a way that's obnoxious and making people feel bad about themselves and dominating every conversation, never letting them get a word in, taking up all the space in the room. I wouldn't blame them if they didn't want to hang out with me. So you have to walk that line. As a dominant person, you can show your dominance through restraint. You can show your dominance through being polite. You can show your dominance through being courteous to the people around you. I'm a very keen observer of the people that I'm around all the time. I love studying people. I love studying personal interactions. I love studying how, how people interact with each other when they don't think anybody is watching. And I've seen this my whole life, you know. Think about the people that you just don't want to be around. What are their characteristics? What are their personality traits? And do you share those traits? Be very self-aware. Be very comfortable assessing yourself and saying, this is a fundamental part of who I am. This is something that I can change. I don't have to be in charge all the time. I don't always have to be striving to show people how dominant I am. I can be a bit more polite. I can take a back seat because I'm secure in who I am. 
We'll definitely talk about this some more. This is something that I want to work into the furtherance of being a Dom 101, etc. But I had a question recently from a fan, and it was right along these lines, as it usually is. When someone writes me and says, this person did this thing, and I felt it was really inappropriate, and am I wrong? Am I just not understanding how BDSM works? And the answer is no. At the beginning of a relationship, when you have not given someone consent to dominate you, and they try to dominate you, that's a foul. That's not something you do. That's not how you approach a BDSM situation in a healthy, consensual way. For those of you out there that are in a similar situation and someone's coming on too strong, don't hesitate to tell them, you know. Yes, I'm a submissive, but I'm not your submissive. And you're taking liberties and you're trying to control me and you are trying to dominate me. And I do not appreciate that. And if they fire back that you're being a spoiled brat and that you're being a lot of things that are very unpleasant to hear from somebody, that's a very good sign that that's not the dom for you. And that's precisely how this person responded was calling them a bunch of names, degrading them, making them feel bad about themselves, telling them that they didn't know how to play BDSM. When it's clear that they, the dominant person in this situation, was in the wrong. They are the ones that don't know how to play BDSM. So be confident in yourself, no matter what you are on the submissive spectrum. Nobody has the right to dominate you unless you give them permission. Don't take shit from anybody. All right, folks. It's good to be back in the studio. As you can hear, I'm starting to lose my voice, as I expected. I want to say thank you very much to our Patreon supporters. You guys are amazing. Thank you to all the fans that are not Patreon supporters, because, you know, the vast bulk of you are not, and that's perfectly fine. I love you guys. I appreciate all of you. I could not do this if I didn't have this huge fan base of people that are writing and sending well wishes and sending encouragement and are excited about the new episode. I love all of that stuff. If you have any questions, reach out. If you have suggestions for the show, reach out. If you have something you want to know about me, reach out. My socials are out there, wickedfellow.com. And finally, I want to send a special shout out to Low Battery Sunflower, who is our patron of the week, you keep being awesome. No one does you better than you do. As always, folks, consent is king. Take very good care of each other. And I'll see you next week.